streaming worldwide at newspress.com. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Kreisel and Diane Duvernar, your host every week right here on AM 1290, repeated at 11 and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending, whose highly trained and experienced team takes great pride in helping people with home financing, offering competitive rates and a wide array of loan programs. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets and Amatecito's Upper Village, and Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with the personal care and attention of a small independent firm, coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution. Hi, Neil. How are you today? I'm good. It's good to see you. Even though it's on Zoom, you are 3,000 miles away. I am, and it has been the rainiest July in since 1921. It's only the second rainiest July ever in Massachusetts, and I'm getting to experience it. So you haven't been able to go horseback riding? Nope, no horseback riding, <laughs> no anything outside pretty much. It's just been raining. But, you know, it's it's a good change of scenery for the kids, seeing how they don't get to see rain or thunderstorm or lightning very often in Santa Barbara. So speaking of horseback riding, do we have a guest today? We do. I am thrilled to have with us Ely Johnson, who's the owner and manager of Fear Fairfield Farms in San Inez Valley. Ely, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Diane. I appreciate it. Do you ride? I ha I took lessons when I was a kid and I haven't ridden, you know, here and there, but I'm not a equestrian by any stretch. Okay. My, my riding experience was that when you get off the horse and you can walk, it was a successful outing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine, Neil, you on a horse. That's just oh, sheer I, humor. I kept my heels down. We, I, I learned, by the way, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in New York City, there was a stable on 88th and Columbus indoors. We learned to ride in the basement. They had a whole host of horses upstairs and they had an elevator and they brought the horses down to the basement. It was a small ring with poles in the four corners that was just put in a place that you would hit your knee when you were going in circles. So I learned under the most difficult circumstances. But enough of me and my writing capabilities. Let's talk about what's in the news. And the first article, the first couple of articles I have are actually very uh timely given what happened today in the stock market. Uh, for those of you that took a look today, there was, a, uh, to put it lightly, a rotation where uh, money was flowing into bonds and out of stocks uh, because of the concern that the economy may be negatively impacted by the uh, COVID uh, virus. And uh, the first article is entitled, The Nutty Math Behind an 8% Yield. And this was in this weekend's Wall Street Journal. And this is really quite uh, an analysis that really uh, everyone should just, you know, take a look at and, and just, you know, shake their head. Right now, you, uh, if you were to buy an inflated, inflation-protected bonds, which are TIPS, T-I-P-S, uh, Treasury Inf Inflation-Protected uh, Bonds, uh, the 
yield on them is calculated one of two ways, either what the yield is today in current dollars or what the yield is assuming that the current rate of inflation is going to continue and you extrapolate that. So for example, today, the Fidelity Inflation Protected um, uh, Funds have a uh, current yield of zero, but a uh, inflation protected yield of 7.1% because they were able to calculate uh, the uh, yield based upon an extrapolation of the comparison between inflation now and inflation during COVID a year ago. Now, this is completely nuts, but it is being done by a significant number of funds. And the numbers uh, that I just gave for Fidelity are not unique. And so as uh, Jason Swag, who wrote this article, said, you know, the uh, nutty math behind an 8% yield, don't believe the inflated numbers being reported uh, because they are really ser seriously misleading. That is that is a big spread between zero and the <laughs> the tips seven point one. I know it's you quite... know a lot of it. A lot that's interesting is you know the the more I am going out and about in other places, everything's being blamed on shortages of things. So the cost is rising on prices of say crab meat or you know spinach or whatever it may be, and all the restaurants are citing lack of supply. Um, the, the next two articles are, are similar uh, in terms of uh, their focus. Uh, the next one is entitled Yield Spread Highlights Embrace of Riskier Debts. And the uh, spread or the difference between uh, junk bonds and rated bonds uh, is now at the lowest point, lowest spread ever. Uh, and uh, there are two reasons for this. One, which is an interesting reason, is that when COVID hit, some of the rating agencies took some of the bottom but rated bonds like Ford and put it into junk. And so what you have is a uh, different type of mixture between junk and investment grade. So that's part of the reason. But the other part of the reason is pure speculation. And so what you have is 54% um, of bonds um, in high yield index uh, carry a, a B rating versus 47% uh, before uh, a year ago. And, um, but at the same time, the spreads in total are uh, almost insignificant. So between buying a junk bond that has a high risk versus buying an investment grade, you're almost getting no, uh, uh, no uh, benefit at all. Um, you know, and I just want to say, I think it's important to not be lured in that slightly higher yield amount for the junk and you're better served by sticking with the better rated security. And that leads us into our third article, which is uh, junk bond yields fall below inflation. And what that means is that the rate, even with the lower spreads on junk bonds is uh, lower than the expected inflation rate, which means that if inflation turns out to be what the market expects, you are guaranteed a uh, adjusted yield loss. So you're buying a junk bond that has high risk with a guarantee of having a negative return versus inflation. Um, the next Boy, article- that, you, you sound like you're really a, a bond salesman today, Neil. Um, <laughs> like I know. Like who in well, their right mind's gonna wanna buy that? 
Listen, a better investment is a used car. Uh, uh, you can sell your used car now for the price of a new car. So if you're thinking of selling your car, uh, Diane, you may, this may, the time. Be, this may be the time. Um, and here's one that's not a big surprise, although it may be a surprise for some, in that financial restatements have slammed SPACs. You know, we've talked negatively about SPACs for months, uh, special purpose uh, acquisition companies where companies can go public without SEC scrutiny. Uh, but the SEC uh, decided to change the rules on how SPACs account for warrants, which is part of the uh, benefit that the promoters get. And as a result, uh, hundreds of SPACs have restated their earnings. And that could be one of the reasons why SPACs are doing as poorly as they have been in the, in the last couple of months. And uh, there have been even uh, 330, this article says, 330 uh, SPACs have um, uh, made some serious corrections in their financial reports as well. And, um, you know, one of the issues with SPACs is that by going, not going through the SEC, the diligence that requires and the, and the precise work that takes place when you're trying to get approval from the SEC um, is being uh, foregone. And, you know, therefore mistakes are obviously more likely, which is another significant risk when, with buying SPACs. Right. And a lot less protection for the consumers. And, you know, as an investor, those protections are important if you're looking to invest to make money. And the final article we have today is um, is another Jason Swag article entitled When Money is No Object. And over the last couple of years, the amount of money with the amount of transactions that have been taking place uh, in America has been uh, uh, has changed from cash to credit. Uh, there's been a continued uh, slide in the use of cash. And what the article uh, takes a look at is a bunch of studies that have taken place about how people view spending with credit versus spending with cash. And people tend to be much more careful when they're spending actual dollars as they see the money leave their hands, whereas credit cards tend to um, make the uh, uh, at least in terms of these psychological studies, make uh, the the consumer feel that they're really not spending any money. And as a result, um, there is uh, a tendency to uh, not be as frugal and to spend more than you should. Um, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back. For prospective homebuyers, one of the most important steps of the loan process is getting clear and honest information from someone who will speak plainly and truthfully about loan programs and options. I'm Kelly Marsh, Vice President, California, of Cornerstone Home Lending, where our highly skilled and experienced team takes great pride in helping clients obtain home financing with honest, knowledgeable, fast, friendly, and efficient service. As a Santa Barbara native who has spent the past 20 years in the mortgage industry and has closed over 4,000 loans, I'd appreciate the opportunity to earn your business and invite you to visit the Kelly Marsh team.com or call my office at 805-563-1100 to learn more about how Cornerstone Home Lending can help you determine the best way to manage mortgage debt to achieve a more stable financial future. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. California Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 41DB072220. California Financial Lending Law license number 60DB072528. Loan originator NMLS number 245822. Not a commitment to loan. Equal housing opportunity. 
Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending since 1988, a mortgage banker and direct lender that believes in providing in-depth loan consulting to its customers in a personalized and honest manner. And we can be reached at 805-563-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So if you're just joining us, we have the pleasure of having E. Lee Johnson, who's the owner and manager of Fairfield Farms. And if you haven't heard of Fairfield Farms up in San Inez Valley, it's because it is brand new and it's slated to open next month. Ali, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And so Ali, tell us how how did you first become, you know, in love with horses and riding and and tell us your story of how you got to where you are now. I think it's innate. I think that in some people it's innate that they love horses and they want to learn the sport and learn the communication between rider and horse. Um, I started riding when I was a kid at camp and took lessons. And then I boarded at, um, a farm with a real character, Dick Widger was the owner and he was a true Irishman. He, um, he was a character. And I had a great um, group of kid friends, like it was just fun. And then as I got older, I, you know, bought different horses, changed barns, and I really wanted to ride with the best, like the best of the best. And I ended up at some farms, you know, in Connecticut, in New York, I would travel to the farms to ride with these people and take clinics from the, the top clinicians. I really wanted to learn the sport more than anything else. I absolutely loved being in the ring for two minutes. I mean, it was the best feeling in the world when you did it right. When you did it wrong, it was probably the lowest feeling. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I was riding at these farms, showing a lot on the road a lot. Um, didn't love so your parents must have been supportive of you in this endeavor then. They were financially supportive. They um, they worked a lot. They they worked, they owned their business together. They own an international mail marketing firm, which we consolidated mail. 
I did work for them after school, after college. Actually, I worked for them. I started when I was 13. Um, so do you think that that's helped you in this on, entrepreneurial um, endeavor of opening up this barn? You know, learning how to run your own business, you know, doesn't, isn't, isn't for the faint of heart, let's just say. It's really not for the faint of heart. There are so many obstacles and you have to have, you have to really want it and, and work towards it and have grit because it would surprise you when the walls jump up in front of you and you have to make the decision that I'm either going to go through the wall, around the wall or over the wall. Like there has to be a way to accomplish what you want and you have to have that drive. You know, you can't be complacent with things. Um, I'd go poor if I was complacent with things, with, with bids I get on jobs and such. It's, yeah. But isn't, isn't, so, isn't the business that you're in in some way the same kind of old joke about, you know, yachts and, and wine, you know, the way to make a million dollars is start off with 10 million. There, there's, yes. It's very expensive. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really expensive to own a horse. I actually, uh, I was looking for a specific article for, for you all that I could quote, Neil, and I couldn't find it, but I found a different article in the Chronicle of the Horse in the cost that it, it, it what it costs a barn owner to have a horse, to have your horse boarded here. And it was, it is, it's, it's almost like, I love this sport. I love my horses. It's a passion. And do I intend, this is this a moneymaker? No, <laughs> you know, it's not a moneymaker, but I'm not going, I don't intend on paying for, or paying for other people's horses. I don't intend on it costing me. And sometimes I look at other barns where they're just, uh, you know, putting horse after horse and little turnout for like, I don't know any, I don't know, 300, 500 a month. And I think, oh, they're making money. But that wasn't what I wanted to do. What I wanted is what I have. I wanted a high-end barn where the horses were happy and healthy and where we could, you know, bring horses along. And so as a transplant, for, you know, as a fellow East Coaster and, you know, you're originally from Connecticut, right? No, no, I'm originally, I was born in Manhattan. Oh, you and Neil. Yeah, born in Manhattan, grew up in New Jersey. Um, then lived in New Orleans and then back to Manhattan and back to New Jersey. Then I ended up in Long Island. So Long Island. Yeah. Okay. So I so, well, so I guess my question is why, given that you have kind of that East Coast, those East Coast, East Coast roots, what brought you to San Inez where, you know, California, where, you know, land is very expensive, relatively speaking, to open up this equestrian center? I don't know. I think that's a land here to me wasn't that expensive. Where I was from, if I wanted 20 acres, it would very well cost me of raw land. It would very well cost me over 20 million. Um, the taxes were higher on the East Coast. I have a now 17 year old son and he was not thriving in the community I was living in. But not with the community. He wasn't thriving at the schools. I sent him to private school, um, very competitive private schools. And he didn't seem to be 
doing well. And I wanted to show him that there was a different way of living, you know, and, and as a New Yorker, and I, I consider myself a New Yorker, um, as a New York, well, now I'm, you know, a Santa Barbara and no, once you're a New Yorker, you're always a New Yorker. Okay. Neil can't even <laughs> pronounce my name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, as a New Yorker, I just, you know, you think there's nothing in the middle. Diane, do you agree? There's like, where am I going to go in the middle of the country? And it's almost like you have to travel back to the left coast. And we started looking in, uh, San Francisco and moved our way down to the coast, looking at schools. And at this point, he's actually now in uh, a charter school in Solvang and doing really well. He's really happy. He just turned out he had, turned out he had ADD and I didn't know it. And so now he's doing really well. He knows what he wants to do. He knows he wants to do 3D modeling, 3D rendering, for computer um, computer games and for, I guess, movies. He knows he wants to go to Nomen in LA. He, he, he has his goals set up and it becomes much more easier raising a child once they have their goals. Never arrived yeah. at that. <laughs> oh, he, so, so he's never, he's never ridden. Oh yeah, he had, had he had three ponies. We went through three ponies. And he was a beautiful rider, but it wasn't his passion. That's why I said it was innate. Either you love it and you'll live it, or you can say goodbye to it and walk away. That's so, you know, one of, the, one of the things about, you know, we talked about the, the financial end from the owner's standpoint, from your standpoint, but the kind of riding you do um, is only uh, feasible for wealthy people. Um, this is not this is not a if you have to ask how much it costs you can't afford to have a horse like in the quality that you're talking about right. is that you does that concern you that you're essentially dealing with elite customers no i was an elite customer you know board on the east coast is now 3500 or more a month and so you know everyone here can have a horse it's, it's attainable. It'll cost them like 350 to board the horse in their backyard. And I've seen it a lot. But the fact is, horses are not pets. And if you want to learn how to ride, if you want a quiet horse, if you want my experience, if you want Fairfield Farm experience, then that's why you would come to me. And there are plenty of people. It's not just my farm. There are plenty of people that pay for training that, you know, have jobs there are people who who you know go to work every day and they want to come out on the weekends and ride their horse they want to ride a quiet horse they want a, a nice facility or at least that was the case on the east coast so so if if uh boarding a horse on the east coast is thirty five hundred dollars it explains across the board. It, it explains a lot why rents are so high for people uh you're listening to money talk on am 1290 kcsb and we'll be right back When a bank is owned by the community and invests in the community, it answers to a different call. It's personal. It's driven by your needs, not ours. Welcome to American Riviera Bank, based right here in Santa Barbara with branches in Montecito and Goleta. Our customers know us for personal service every day, every way. 
You can bank on us. Bank on us. Bank on us! American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. Are you ready to start and run your own successful business? Ready to grow your small business or home business? Women's Economic Ventures is a local nonprofit helping women start and build successful businesses. In addition to their highly successful self-employment training program, Weave offers services to help women succeed at every stage of their business, from startup and launch to building and sustaining a business, including individual business counseling, professional networking events, advanced business training, and small business loans to start or expand a business. Over 1,000 local businesses are now owned and operated by women who have taken part in programs and services. Whether you're ready to start up, launch, build, or sustain your business, Women's Economic Ventures is right here to help you make it happen. Call 965-6073 or visit weaveonline.org. And uh, welcome aboard. Mike in the morning, this is your captain speaking. If you look out your window under the wing, you'll see the 101 freeway flowing smoothly. But please keep that seatbelt fastened just as we do up here on the flight deck. To get all your up-to-date traffic and weather information, make sure to tune in to Mike in the Morning, Monday through Friday from 6.30 to 9, right here on KZSB AM 1290, the station that talks about Santa Barbara. And thanks for flying with us. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. And we're thrilled to have with us today a new business owner, um, the owner of Fairfield Farms in San Inez Valley, who will, who's boarding, who has a horse boarding facility. And so tell us about what services Fairfield Farms offers. We offer boarding, we offer lessons, and we offer training. And we also break and train, well, they break back, start um, young horses and train them. I found that there was, I have a different riding style because of where I learned to ride and who I rode from. And it's a different way of riding and the way of handling horses than um, what I've seen a lot of in California. Um, so would you say so, there's a Western way to ride and an Eastern way to ride, not in the traditional no, quote unquote sense? You don't have as many, as many professionally trained riders. Like you wanna ride, you wanna really learn how to ride, you take lessons. I took lessons. And it's like playing piano, you can play. And if you're a genius, you can play beautifully. But that kind of, it's, it's, learning the skill is not innate. You need to learn it from someone else. So, so, so could, speaking of teaching horseback riding, I remember when I was learning, I found that the, the trainer spent the entire time screaming at me. There was the standard of not just me. They would yell at everybody. I don't like that. That's an old school technique, but go ahead. I hate that. And that's why I never rode with George Morris because he was nasty. I don't ride with nasty people. And I, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Please go ahead, Neil. 
No, no, that's all I just. Uh, that's his story. Uh, no, that no, was it. Types of trainers. There are types of types of trainers. The type, the type that you have a back and forth communication with, and and what I do is I try and explain to you what's going on with your horse and what you need to do. That you need to get the impulsion from behind if you want to put your horse on the bit. That you can't start at the front and hold his mouth because it won't work and it'll end, he'll end up getting back sore or, you know, you'll end up with behavioral issues. I mean, what we do here at Fairfield is we start them, when I buy a horse, I send them out on holiday here for like at least two weeks, at least. So they can just decompress and learn a new routine and style. You know, I have, really large turnouts, horses can be horses. And I think all horses need to be turned out for eight hours a day, you know, minimum six, the more they're out, the happier they are. And, you know, you want to ride a happy horse, right? You want to ride a horse that's, that's comfortable and feels easy and is willing to communicate with you. Wow. That's that that really weird. I <laughs> What do you, how do you handle horses where the owner is here once a month? Do you ride the horses for them? Yes, that's one of the, uh, the things, sorry, that's one of the, um, one of our, what we provide is we provide training. So we can provide the training. We can, what, what people do like with young horses is they don't have to come in. Like it, it's nice that they do. <laughs> I like the company and um, they, you know, can see the progress their horses are made, their horse or horses are making. But, you know, as far as care of a horse, I care for them like I own every horse, like they're all mine. And I make sure, I mean, that's my job as a manager to be on site, make sure you have the health and happiness of the animal, that the animal is, you know, safe to ride considering if I'm, if I'm training it, it has to be quiet. It has to be worked. It has to be, you know, safe enough for the rider to ride. So you, you board people's horses and then do you offer lessons to those folks that don't have, um, don't own a horse themselves? I do. Um, I found that I'm not great at giving lessons to people who've already been taught uh, how to ride <laughs> because the style is very different. I ride rural East Coast, you know, I let go of the head and I push forward and the, all the horses should be moving forward with impulsion. And it's out here, a lot of people I've, I've met and I can't change somebody who doesn't want to listen to me that doesn't, I can't change somebody who, who physically cannot do what I want them to do. I did though give a lesson to a 14 year old and it was such a thrill because she really listened and she could um, execute my direction. And it was just so refreshing, quite honestly. I mean, her horse was walking really fast and she had just moved from like ponies to horses. And I said to her, you know, he, we were actually out of the ring walking around the property. And I said to her, you know, just move against the motion with your seat, like stop your body. And the horse, and she did it. And I, of course, could tell because the horse slowed down. 
but to have a child like listen to you to understand what you're saying and connect it it's like such a great feeling i mean it wasn't my intention to teach out here my intention was this is my retirement and this is you know i would own this barn and i would lease it out to a top trainer um but my education in riding is extensive and it's valuable and it's something i want to bring to the west coast i want to be able to teach these riders how to ride properly do you, do you teach do you, I, do you do you accept students who are don't want to be elite riders they just want to learn how to ride or are you just yeah looking? yeah i mean i do accept students it's just yeah i would i am better with someone with a little experience but yeah no i will i actually have somebody who has a four-year-old who wants to bring their four-year-old to take lessons and that excites me because a four-year-old has never learned how to sit and a four-year-old doesn't a four-year-old is just a like a just blank canvas thank you so much i couldn't come up with the word i appreciate it <laughs> so yeah it's a blank canvas and you know when you sit a four-year-old down my son started riding when he was two when you sit a four-year-old on a horse they sit perfectly and your job is don't mess it up <laughs> you know it's like don't ruin it and make it a fun experience because you know that book um is it outliers the Ten Thousand hours it's basically it's ten thousand hours it takes to master um a a sport or a passion or whatever it is any saying help me with the word any skill thank you so much <laughs> i need you in my life so, like your thesaurus <laughs> i need a living thesaurus standing next to me at all times <laughs> so um to master a skill takes ten thousand hours and those ten thousand hours might as well be fun you know if it's not fun why do it there's no point um and personally i think riding horses takes more than ten thousand hours i really do it's just it's a lifetime it you know takes a lifetime. one of the things about horses i had a granddaughter who was um severely handicapped and there's a there are two um places in this area that have riding geared for those kids and she really had a tough time walking and standing up. But when she got on a horse, immediately she stood up, she sat up straight and could do it. It was the most amazing. Yeah. It, was the, it was the only, I think, truly fun time she ever had was being yeah. on a horse. And it's, it's just all these kids, the same experience they had from, from doing that, who otherwise would have been deprived of that happiness. Right. There's, that is such a worthwhile cause. There's a program here in Sinanez called... Uh, Simnez Valley Therapeutic Riding. Yeah. And they just had like a, a polo tailgate to raise money for for their um, charity. And it's such a worthwhile event. And all, you know, they had it when I was at Oxridge on Mondays. Mondays, the barn was closed and I'd come in with my 17 two-hand horse and I would watch these kids and they would beam. It was like the best day of the week. It is, it's such it was like such an honor to be there and to see them so happy and all these people donating their time. I mean, it's, it's a really worthwhile cause. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZVSB, and we'll be right back. It's a 
fact, successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. It's Thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Start it off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service only other banks can dream about. Oh, Eli, tell us a little bit about how you came up with the idea to create Fear Farms and how you came up with the financing to get the, um, to get the enterprise off the ground and, and, and running. And, and how long ago did you move to um, San Ines? I'm so bad with dates. I moved to San Ines like two and a half years ago. Um, okay. And before that, I lived in Santa Barbara for a year. Um, how I came up with the idea for Fairfield, I loved my East Coast barns. Oxridge and Darien is a membership club, was a membership, it still is a membership club, but now they have like racquetball and different things. But it was a, a riding club. And um, it had a huge polo field. And it was just, the people were so nice. And it was so easy. Like they were competitive. Everyone showed, but we weren't competitive towards each other. We were competitive, you know, in the ring again for those two minutes. You know, either you do well or you don't, you know it. Um, But it was just a nice atmosphere. And since you're there every day with these people, that's what I was looking for, you know, and I've, other barns were the same, you know, I was at Mark Leone's in Rearm at Rearm Farm in Franklin Lakes. And it's very much a community. And I wanted that because I was living 
in Oyster Bay. And I had a lot of older neighbors, you know, who lived on their hill and watched the water. And I didn't want to be 80 years old <laughs> alone and watching the water. I wanted my tribe again. Um, so I, yeah, I, I mean, like the barn itself was here. So really it was coming to the land to see how the land would pan out. The, the cement of the barn, the whole structure was already here, had been here since the 60s. Um, and then it was, you know, it's almost like the land talks to you. Like this is where this turnout should be. They should be all connected using every inch of property. Um, and then, yeah, I forgot your original question. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so when do you so how are you advertising to attract members to the farm really facebook and i haven't uh, facebook and a little bit of instagram but i'm aged out a little bit of instagram because it's a younger community and it's just like i really don't have time for it and i don't have time to post so many pictures um Really, the area is a lot of it is word of mouth. And I had worked with um, another professional in the area and had worked with her horses. And she recommends me highly to like anyone who calls, which I really appreciate. Um, we had a good time with her horses. We at Fairfield Farm loved her horses. And, and they went on, they moved on and they're back with her, with their owners, it's- uh, So now are you currently accepting new horses? Not until August 1st. August um, 1st is the actual still opening working. Day. You know, it's like, as, as we're, I still need to connect to phase three, uh, three phase electrical. We have to put in an underground conduit. Um, and I wanna do that before we have horse, other horses on the property. I have my own horses on the property, but I don't wanna, you know, have an open trench with other people's horses on the property. Um, granted, it'll only be open for like 24 hours, but it has to be inspected. But there's still a few things that we need to do. Plus, I need to build a house. But that's not going to happen before August 1st. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're right next to one of the premier medical facilities for horses. Absolutely. Alamo Pintada, right? Alamo... Um it's such a good place. One of my dogs, a Weimaraner, a few years ago, had a problem where he needed nuclear uh, intervention. And mm -hmm. the only place they could do it was there. And when we picked him up uh, at the end of, of the day, he had his own handler. They were treating him like a horse. It was fantastic. He was walking along. <laughs> like a, a small animal clinic? You mean? I, no, they, 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 they will do, if necessary, nuclear, nuclear stuff because no one is allowed to do it unless they have the facilities to do it. They do. I actually toured their facility. It's beautiful. It, I mean, I've been using their vets for the longest time. One of the reasons I also... I wouldn't have moved here if I didn't have a world-class veterinary facility five minutes down the road. Because when you're in trouble with the horse, it's like when you're, when you're hurt, you go to the doctor, you go to the emergency room and it's their responsibility to fix you. And they have, you know, all of the technology, they have the education, they have the professionalism. And Alamo Pintado is just, it's my go-to. I, 
and they're very personable. They're doing my repro. They do my, uh, all my work right now. So let's talk a little bit about your, I read on your website that you have, you're breeding some horses. What do you hope to do with that? And you know, what made you want to breed? Um, well, what made me want to breed is a lot of the horses I was looking at to purchase in California were backsore. They, um, what does backsore mean? Well, when you press on their back, they actually shrink. They, their back hurt like a backache. And it's from the style of riding. A lot of people put their horses in draw reins and they start at the front of the horse instead of, I don't put my horses in draw reins. I, I move them forward so they want to come on the bit. It's a, it's a classic look for like a, a jumper or an equitation horse to be on the bit, to have their head kind of parallel. Um, And they don't, a lot of people don't do it correctly. And I'm taught, I, you know, like I've had, I bought a few horses that had this issue and I had to turn them out. One of them I turned out for over a year and she still has the memory of being back sore, even if you go down her back and her back is solid. So um, what I really want to do, I just don't feel, I don't feel like what I, what I've seen was started correctly and it's the breeding, you know, you have people going, you not going, I take it back. I'm sorry. You have people buying online, going to, uh, buying from Germany, buying from Belgium, buying from Brussels, buying from Czechoslovakia, really expensive horses that they bring in. And these horses aren't healthy. They have neurological issues. They aren't the same x-rays that you assume they were sending. It's like, you know, Neil, you might be able to attest this because you rode in Manhattan. A horse trader didn't have the greatest um, reputation. Didn't need you on that word, <laughs> Diane. <laughs> didn't need a thesaurus. So they don't have the greatest reputation. But the fact is, there's some really great horse traders out there, especially on the East Coast. Ralph Christo, you know, again, there are just several that are really good or a few, a handful that are really good. Um, but I want to bring my horses along so that they're taught correctly. I mean, I, I got a horse that had been rescued from the kill pen and there's nothing wrong with him. You just have to know how to bring them along. And, and in breeding my own horses, I want to ensure that these horses are the best breeding, the best handling, you know, really wonderful all around horses. And some of them I'm I'm breeding for like Grand Prix jumping. So what I want is that people don't like stop buying online, stop, stop trusting people in other countries on the internet, go figure. (laughs) And, you know, when you can buy here, you just have to find the right people to buy from. You're listening, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back with our final segment.
For prospective homebuyers, one of the most important steps of the loan process is getting clear and honest information from someone who will speak plainly and truthfully about loan programs and options. I'm Kelly Marsh, Vice President, California, of Cornerstone Home Lending, where our highly skilled and experienced team takes great pride in helping clients obtain home financing with honest, knowledgeable, fast, friendly, and efficient service. As a Santa Barbara native who has spent the past 20 years in the mortgage industry and has closed over 4,000 loans, I'd appreciate the opportunity to earn your business and invite you to visit the Kelly Marsh team.com or call my office at 805-563-1100 to learn more about how Cornerstone Home Lending can help you determine the best way to manage mortgage debt to achieve a more stable financial future. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. California Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 41DB072220. California Financial Lending Law license number 60DB072528. Loan originator NMLS number 245822. Not a commitment to loan. Equal housing opportunity. When a bank is owned by the community and invests in the community, it answers to a different call. It's personal. It's driven by your needs, not ours. Welcome to American Riviera Bank, based right here in Santa Barbara with branches in Montecito and Goleta. Our customers know us for personal service every day, every way. You can bank on us. Bank on us. Bank on us! American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. This is the Santa Barbara County Reverse 911 system. Due to the community emergency, authorities are issuing a mandatory evacuation order for your area. Unlike landlines, cell phones are not automatically registered with the Reverse 911 system. That means if you don't register, you won't get the call. To register your cell phone, go to awareandprepare.org. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. So, Eli, tell us about um, the San Inez Valley community and how you've um, been involved there. Um, well, I'll go back to the therapeutic riding. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of San Inez Valley Tech, uh therapeutic riding and I wasn't able to attend their polo match, but I was able to donate to their, their program. Um, and, you know, it's, it's actually a hard Valley to break into. Um, you've got people who grew up here, went to school here and haven't left. So it's, it's an interesting community. It's way different. You have, the, the difference in the people is, is amazing to me. I mean, and meanwhile, I'm from New York, so it's a melting pot, but it's not like as obvious. Have you ever ridden, right. competi- have you ever ridden competitively? Yeah, I used to show on the East Coast, all up and down from Vermont did, to Virginia. Did you, do, did you do jumpers too? No, I did hunters. Because okay. I, I remember I I've went- I've done to- jumpers, but I, I, do, I did jumpers once when I was really young. And I actually forgot the course. They, I don't know what happened to their rider. They threw me up on this horse and I forgot the course. And I was, yeah, no, after that, no jumpers. I, I was at, uh, actually the first Bridgehampton uh, Mercedes yeah. uh, in, 
whatever it's called. The Hampton Classic. And, yeah, and, and uh, I was able to go on the field and the uh, the gate was almost as tall as I was. I could not believe they jump over that. Yeah, they jumped like five foot with six foot spreads in the Grand Prix. I mean, yeah. I rode with the Grand Prix, with Grand Prix riders, to Marc Leone, but I never, you know, it was intimidating. And I, I give kudos to those people. One of my neighbors, my old neighbor in Long Island, Debbie Sweeney, she had eight kids and then she went and she was going to do the jumpers again and she's doing them. And it's really, you have to give kudos. I mean, that's huge. It's frightening to look at a fence after you haven't ridden for some time. It's also frightening to look at eight kids when you come home. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what's what's more challenging. <laughs> They're good kids. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much for being here, um, and thank you for offering to give Diane a free lesson. Yeah, I, Diane, I, come by. I'll put you on my hippie horse. His name's Phoenix. Yeah, I I all right, Phoenix and I, oh, me yeah, and my daughter, safe. she wants to take lessons. I'm like, no. No, just bring her up. <laughs> we'll just walk around. So it'll be fun. Phoenix so, is like feathery and just a lot of fun. The only um, thing you have to remember is keep your heels down. I remember that from, from my lessons, right? Keep your yeah, heels down. Keep your heels down, but there's, yeah, there's a lot more to it. <laughs> there's, more, there's more to it than that? There's more to it there's more to it move your leg back have like a straight line yeah well but, thank you, you know, thank you come out for a lesson and i'll show you thank you ali um, thank you so much for having me i had a good time and i really great and, and thank you all for listening you've been listening to money talk and we'll see you all next week <laughs>